and running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. America, welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. I'm so glad to have you with me today. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, as always, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You get the show notes link, the podcast link, and find me all over social media, Twitter or X as it's called now, uh, Facebook, Instagram, you name You should follow me on Instagram. Now, we got to begin again today with the Devin Archer situation. I want to play for you, uh, Cliffs. This is the media. I, I'll get to, to Dan Goldman, uh, the congressman from New York, the Democrat and others. But th- these are the the objective voices in the media. This Listen to this from CNN. This is kind of stunning to me that they would go in this direction uh, with the Devin Archer testimony yesterday before behind closed doors. So Goldman sort of explaining that Archer qualified uh, the, the topics of discussion on these phone calls as niceties that Biden sometimes didn't even know who was um, in, on the other line with his son Hunter. And, you know, sources in the room telling CNN now that Archer did not point the finger directly at any sort of a connection between Joe Biden and his son's foreign business dealings and rather, you know, um, said that he was, that Hunter Biden was selling the illusion of said access. Horace? Really a stunning development, Zach, when you consider that Republicans were selling this as, as a breakthrough that would link Hunter's business dealings with his father. Instead, business was apparently never discussed, according to Devin Archer. Zach Cohen, thanks so much. Really? So business was never discussed. Joe Biden said he never, ever engaged with these people. This is a significant departure from what he said. And now, so I just talked about the weather. Okay. I need to put this in perspective for all of you left, right, and center. For the last three or four months, American media outlets led by CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others have been aghast that Clarence Thomas had a rich friend with no business before the court, but had access to Clarence Thomas. And uh, the the appearance of impropriety not impropriety, but the appearance of impropriety was a big deal and bad. But, oh, Hunter Biden just let his dad talk to him on speakerphone so clients could hear him, and they talked about the weather, and he talked to the business clients about the weather. There's nothing shady here. There's no appearance of impropriety here. The people who are upset about Clarence Thomas having a friend are willing to give Joe Biden and Hunter Biden a pass on these activities. The double standard reeks. The defense by mainstream members of the media reeks. The people who condemn Sam Alito, Amy Coney Barrett for a business transaction, uh, Clarence Thomas, are all willing to circle the wagons around Joe Biden. All they did was talk about the weather. This isn't bad. This isn't scandalous. Clarence Thomas having a rich friend who took him on trips. That's a scandal. Really. This is Willie Geis on Morning Joe. Quickly, Congressman, have they tracked down the fugitive star witness who was also a double agent for China and an arms dealer? Um, 
Surprisingly, Willie, we have not heard very much about him uh, since it became clear that he was indicted for making false statements, arms trafficking, being an agent of China, and on the lam. You know, if this person was testifying against Trump, I mean, look at Michael Cohen testifying against Donald Trump. Look, look at look at how they raised the credibility of people going against Donald Trump and the Trump family. But now this is the other whistleblower, and I myself have said we should be skeptical of this guy, given the charges that were coming. But uh, they've been really dismissive in the Biden case in a way they've never been dismissive in the Trump case. Now, this is Representative uh, Jim Himes. Listen to this statement. Interesting about the Biden thing, the Republicans, it's, it's, it's just this internal primal urge to visit retribution on the Democrats. And the problem is they can't find a fact. So, look, uh, is there problematic questions about Hunter Biden? And, and I, I said something that shouldn't be controversial, which is that if you committed a crime, you should be held accountable. But have they pointed to anything to suggest that Joe Biden engaged in corrupt behavior? No. And on the but, 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 but with Clarence Thomas, they didn't point to anything that suggested corrupt behavior. And they're all aghast by it. They're all aghast by it. I mean, this is what they keep saying about Joe Biden. They pointed to nothing that suggests corrupt behavior. With Clarence Thomas, there's nothing to suggest corrupt behavior. He just happens to have a very wealthy friend who's generous with his wealth with his friends. And it's the appearance of a bad thing. Hunter Biden's a bad dude. His dad engages with him on phone calls. You know darn well Joe Biden knows what's going on. But listen to this. This is uh, Representative Dan Goldman trying to make excuses for Joe Biden. With specifics, tell us, these phone calls that were a matter of such uh, discussion yesterday, like, what were they about? What would, what would then Vice President Biden say in these conversations? You know, walk us through what happened. Right. So uh, let's put this in context. Bo Biden got very sick in early 2015. He died in the spring of 2015, which was right in the middle when Devin Archer um, had his, his business dealings uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. At that point, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden began to speak every day because they were both devastated by Bo's death. They spoke every day. The witness testified that over his 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden, there may be approximately 20 times when in one of those conversations, uh, Hunter Biden would put his uh, father at a dinner, not at a business meeting, at a dinner that he was having if he happened to get a hold of his father, and would ask his father to say hello to whoever was at the table. And that was essentially the extent of it. They didn't, he, it was unclear, and, and the witness testified, this is not me saying that, the witness testified that a lot of times, most of the time, Joe didn't even know who the people People were at the dinner table so Joe didn't know but he's connecting with his son and his son's friends now listen this is one more from Dan Goldman contradict the president's statement saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates clearly he talked whether about the weather or whatever but he said specifically that he's never talked to them doesn't this contradict him? I don't know what his comment is and if we're gonna well I don't I don't think that's what he said he never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, well, is he supposed to say, hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table. Or they Don't you just love uh, making excuses? Hey, keep in mind, just we can't separate this. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. This comes after all of the attacks on Clarence Thomas, Sam Molino, Amy Coney Barrett, and other members, and, and let's not forget John Roberts' wife, for 
appearances of impropriety. The people who want to excuse Joe Biden want to condemn the others. Now, there's a difference here. There's a big difference. There's no suggestion at all in any way, shape, or form that Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, Amy Cody Barrett, John Roberts' wife, any of them were engaged in any sort of criminal enterprise. We know Hunter Biden was. We know Hunter Biden was trading on his father's name. Even the Democrats have to admit Hunter Biden was trading on his father's name, something no one has ever made as an allegation against the Supreme Court justices. And yet the Supreme Court justices are bad, and Joe Biden, it's no big deal. It's just his son. They only talked about the weather. Really? I would like to sell you all a bridge in Brooklyn, New York. Now, I will tell you something else here, too. You should be skeptical of the things Devin Archer says. Because Devin Archer is convicted of fraud. He is a Democrat. He, he helped John Kerry. He's friends with John Kerry's son. He's a liberal's liberal. He is a progressive. But he's also going to jail. He, he's, he, he's still trying to dance around things. He's not a good person. But that's the other issue here is these are not good people. Hunter Biden is a terrible person. Crackhead or not, he's not a good dude. Neither is Devin Archer. Right, they surrounded themselves with bad people. And this is the other issue here. Joe Biden, time and time again, made excuses for his son, humored his son, placated his son, and got dragged into his son mess. Knowingly or not, let, let's let's just, for the sake of argument, for just one moment, please, take the Democrats' side of this, that Joe Biden wasn't involved, he wasn't implicated, it wasn't good. Still, he continues to engage with his son on these things. Think about it took forever and a day until Maureen Dowd popped up and said, hey, Mr. President, you should acknowledge your seventh grandchild. Shouldn't someone write an article on the left and say, hey, Mr. President, you keep coddling your crackhead son and he needs punishment. He doesn't need you coddling him. He needs to deal with his consequences. And Joe Biden constantly throughout his son's entire life has tried to protect him from the consequences of his own actions. Does dad feel guilty for having abandoned him while his dad was being raised by the wolves of the Senate and Hunter Biden was left alone with his stepmom? Does Joe Biden feel guilty? We don't need to psychoanalyze this. We just need to note that Joe Biden constantly allowed Hunter Biden. He enabled Hunter Biden. He pushed Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden did these things surrounded with bad people. And his father never said, Hunter, maybe you shouldn't hang out with these people. Maybe you need a new set of friends. In fact, what Joe Biden did was say, hey, yeah, you can call me on the phone and I'll talk to the weather about these guys. And, and so they will know that you and I have a relationship and you can do business with them. He knew darn well what was going on. You know it and I know it. And for all of these Democrats who want to make aspersions against the character of Supreme Court justices and then circle the wagon around Joe Biden, and you could be listening at me from the left and say, well, why aren't you looking at these Supreme Court justices if you're so upset about Joe Biden? Why doesn't it go the other way? It doesn't go the other way because there's not an allegation out there at all for any of the Supreme Court justices that they were engaged in nefarious enterprises with these friends of theirs. But that's all Hunter Biden seemed to do, and his dad knew it. You know it, and I know it. We all know that Joe Biden was enabling it. And it's not just the Democrats giving Joe Biden a pass. It's the news anchors. It's the news reporters who just very incredulously, without any sort of curiosity, all he did was talk about the weather on the speakerphone. Hey, Dad. I've got Burisma here. They're thinking of putting me on the board. They just want to make sure I have a connection to you. 
just wanted them to be able to hear your voice. Oh, son, how's the weather over in Ukraine today? It's great, Dad. Love you. Bye. The things the media wants you to suspend belief on, this has been a pattern, whether it's COVID, national security issues related to Joe Biden, whether it's transgenderism, whether it's Hunter Biden, the American media continually and constantly and always asks you to suspend belief to benefit the Democrats and the left. Whatever their agenda is, whatever their claim is, whatever their defense is, you're supposed to take it at face value and question nothing. But if a Republican does the same, question it all, undermine the presuppositions, challenge their character, and raise doubts about the appearances of impropriety. It is a double standard playing out in the press corps before our eyes, which is actually a good thing because it further undermines the media in this country, which at this point just needs to be burned down and started over. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. I have an announcement to make. This is kind of important. Uh, every, well, for 10 years, we didn't do it uh, the last couple because of COVID, but uh, this will be the 10th gathering. And I, we're tying it now to the radio show. In the past, it was with Red State, then the resurgent, my website. But it's really about my radio listeners and readers, bringing them to a room together to meet and hear from uh, important leaders, uh, the conservative conversation in America. So, uh, we have uh, released the agenda. If you want to see the agenda for the gathering, it's August 17th to 19th. It's sold out. We partnered with a lot of our affiliates. We were able to give uh, tickets away. We've got um, a bunch of people coming from 47 states. And I'll give you the rundown. So on Thursday, the 17th, we're going to do a welcome reception. On Friday, we'll hear from, in order, Senator Tim Scott, Governor Brian Kemp, Vice President Mike Pence, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Dr. Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation, Mr. Scott uh, Parkinson, running for the Senate in Virginia, Senator Kelly Leffler of Georgia, uh, Attorney General, former Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli of Virginia, uh, my buddy Cole Muzio from Frontline Policy here in Georgia, uh, Ambassador Nikki Haley, and then on Saturday, Governor Chris Christie, Congressman Mark Walker, uh, Mr. Will Hild, who is leading the fight against ESG in the country, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, will be right after him, Grover Norquist, Congressman Rich McCormick, uh, Brett Buchanan, one of the best pollsters and most accurate Republican pollster in the country right now, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, Senator Joni Ernst, and then we will close out Saturday with Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. So we've got all of them coming. We've got some great panels as well, discussions on uh, conservatism in the country. Congressman Chip Roy is going to be present, um, and then a parental rights panel discussion as well. Uh, we've got the Ruthless Podcast guys coming on Friday. It's going to be a great event. It'll be at the Grand Hyatt and Buckhead uh, August 17th through the 19th. Uh, we've got presidential candidates. We've got leading intellectuals within the conservative movement. We've got great governors, Brian Kemp and Glenn Youngkin, talking about what they've done in their states. Uh, those two not running for president, I might add. Um, but despite all the media buzz, it's going to be a great time. I've really, really, really got to say right now, Charlie Thomas, who is my producer, who is my right hand when it comes to radio, who nothing gets done on radio but for Charlie, 
Uh, he took this under his wings. It is exhausting and grueling for him. He's ready for a break. Uh, but he was able to get the agenda scheduled, line up the sponsors. Um, really, uh, I came up with the idea and passed the buck to him, uh, much to his chagrin, and it couldn't get done without him. And he's been able to put this agenda together. It's marvelous. If you want to see it, text DATA to 33777. The Eric Erickson Show Gathering, August 17th in Atlanta. One of the sponsors is going to be Americans for Prosperity, and they are going around the country right now doing a big tour about Bidenomics and why it's bad for the country. They want you to be a part of their team. They want you to be a part of their tour. If you go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, you can sign up right now. They've got over 4 million people. In fact, I got an email from a listener yesterday who said uh, she was listening to the show, and right after I had done a live read for Americans for Prosperity, she got a knock at her front door, and it was someone from AFP, and was it, was it uh, planned that way? It's like, absolutely not. It, it's a total coincidence, but they're out there. They're knocking on doors, uh, and they're trying to get people present and engaged in the fight for freedom and against binomics. You can be a part of it. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Sign up with AFP. Be a part of the future of the fight for the conservative movement. He's got the courage to tell you the truth, even when it isn't popular. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. A couple of bits of breaking news happening right now. Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver of New Jersey has collapsed and died. She was serving today as acting governor. Uh, governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey was out of the state. The Constitution required she step into his place and collapsed the medical emergency uh, and has passed away. The New Jersey state government announcing at this moment. Um, other breaking news is that uh, we are expecting an indictment against President Trump as early as today, possibly Thursday. Rumors are abuzz in Washington, D.C. that the indictment will come today. It will be related to January 6th. Um, we don't have any more details than that, but lots of buzz that this indictment is coming uh, imminently in the words of those familiar with it. So uh, those are the breaking news. Now, uh, related to the second one. The Democrats, well, panic, I, and, and I actually do think it's panic, is starting to set in here, and it's it's not good. I, I want to play you this this snippet. This is Jonathan Martin, uh, the report he was with. What he, he, Jonathan Martin, is he back at Politico? He's somewhere now. Jonathan Martin, we used to be at the New York Times. He was at National Review, went to Politico, went to the New York Times. Um, where is he now? I don't know, but he is on TV. Listen to this. Well, I think that with with let's start with Democrats. I mean, I think with Biden, for a lot of Democrats and, and a lot of independents, even Republicans who voted for him, John, the, the bargain was uh, essentially, uh, you know, he's an emergency break glass uh, candidate who gets Trump out of office, ends COVID, uh, mission accomplished. And I think that there's voters in this country who didn't think he'd run for a second term, uh, by which time he was pushing into his mid 80s. And so I think that's the fundamental challenge for Biden. 
is that uh, the economy by every metric is improving, but yet you don't see a corresponding uh, balance with his numbers. Now, that may come later. It may be a sort of um, uh, late developing uh, metric, but right now it's not there. And if you're Democrats, that has to be concerning. And eventually, do you come to terms with the fact, John, that you know, voters are judging Biden separately than they're judging the health of the economy because they've just moved on. And so I think that raises the question of if Trump is the de facto nominee, and you put up those numbers on the screen, they're national numbers, they're not Iowa numbers, grain of salt. But if Trump wins the first three or four states in February of next year, and he is the de facto nominee in February of 24, I just think it's really difficult to see a scenario where there's not some kind of a, a moderate third party candidate who gets into the race because there's going to be a lot of voters in this country who were effectively homeless. Yes, there are a lot of voters who are effectively homeless. Uh, if you're a Democrat, if you're a non-Trump voter, you need to hear this. The New York Times Siena College poll, one of the most accurate pollsters, I might add, in 2022. I think they, were at the, they, they led the pack in, in terms of accuracy in 2022. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are tied right now. Now, I, I, let me put this in perspective for you. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are tied at a time Donald Trump has been indicted twice, has two more indictments possibly coming, is out of money as a political campaign, uh, is deeply unpopular with independents, and he's tied with Joe Biden. Do you know one of the reasons that Donald Trump is tied with Joe Biden? It's because Donald Trump's populism it is appealing to black and Hispanic working class voters. That's right. Uh, Donald Trump is gaining among men, black voters, Hispanic voters, and low-income, non-college educated voters. He's building a coalition of the working class across racial lines. There's a story in Bloomberg News today. It echoes one of the stories of the Washington Post we talked about yesterday. This is the headline, Biden needs black voters in Georgia. They're feeling pretty lukewarm. Let me replay you this clip from Carl Rowe from yesterday. 6% fewer 18 to 29-year-old voters in Arizona fail to turn out. He loses Arizona. 1% fewer black voters in Georgia turn out to vote in 2024 than voted in 2020. He loses Georgia. So even on the margins, these groups that are not enthusiastic or maybe willing to go to Cornell West or maybe to contemplate staying home, that's the problem for the Democrats. And you notice uh, Carl Rowe's language is not that they'll vote for Trump. Some of them will, but a lot of them will just stay home. President Biden's path to victory in Georgia, key battleground in his reelection bid, is imperiled by lukewarm support for black voters. In the Atlanta metro area, home to the second largest black population in the United States, black residents said the pain of inflation and setbacks on policies such as student loan forgiveness have left them with misgivings about Biden's candidacy. The tepid sentiment is a vulnerability for the president in an election that will likely hinge on voter turnout in a handful of swing states. It highlights the risk that uninspired black voters stay home or look to third-party alternatives. Some of them will vote for Trump, though. Young black men and Hispanic voters are more and more moving to Donald Trump. It's true. The Democrats do not wish to acknowledge this, but it is true. The Democrats pretend it's not true, but it's true. 
black voters and Hispanic voters, Hispanic voters as a larger share are shifting to the Democratic Party. Men are shifting. White voters are shifting slightly. Black voters uh, by a few percentage points. Hispanic voters by a few percentage points. The 45 to 64-year-old crowd shifting as well. White voters with a bachelor degree shifting ever so slightly to the GOP. Non-white voters with a bachelor degree shifting slightly to the GOP. Non-white voters with no college degree shifting significantly to the GOP, as are voters who make less than $50,000 a year. In fact, all of the shifts are benefiting Donald Trump and the GOP. And Donald Trump is now tied with Joe Biden. There's something else going on with the black vote, though, that the Democrats are missing, and it has everything to do with Hunter Biden. And it's palpable when you talk to black voters. Live by intersectional politics, Democrats. Die by intersectional politics. You people on the left have been lecturing all of America about white privilege, about power dynamics, about white people getting to get away with things black people could never get away with, about uh, disparate sentences, about different treatment, and along comes Hunter Biden, and all the Democrats are circling the wagons defending him and defending Joe Biden. There's not a black voter in America other than Barack Obama who can look at the situation and think my kid would not get the pass that Joe Biden's son is getting. And many of them, I suspect, also think I would never enable my kid the way Joe Biden enabled his kid. There are plenty of families in America who struggle with drug-addicted children. You don't see any of them enabling their son the way Joe Biden did. And Hunter Biden gets a pass, and the Democrats give him a pass. The Democrats give Joe Biden a pass while lecturing us all about privilege in this country, white privilege in particular, systemic racism in this country. Black voters and Hispanic voters are looking at what's going on with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and saying, are they that tone deaf? On top of that, they also see that it's under the Democratic policies of Joe Biden that they're falling further behind. It's under the policies, the economic policies of Joe Biden, that the big get big and the small stay small. It's under the Democratic policies of Joe Biden that see massive jumps in gas prices happening right now in America. Massive, massive spikes in gas prices right now. Happen in America right now. Still inflation very high. Cost of living up. Grocery still high. Bread prices still high all under Joe Biden. And Joe Biden and the Democrats are trying to force all these poor non-white Americans into battery-powered vehicles they can't afford that can't get them to work. They're starting to rebel against the Democratic Party regime that they have for so long been a part of. Donald Trump's message resonates. Now, there's an upside for the Democrats. Donald Trump is out of money. You can't run a presidential campaign without money, and this is a problem. Donald Trump's political action committee started this year with $105 million in the bank. $105 million in the bank. Now only has $4 million. If you have been giving money to Donald Trump, you haven't been funding his political campaign, you've been paying his lawyers. 
In fact, his PAC, Save America, had to reimburse $60 million because of legal fees. It had to return $60 million to another Trump group in order to pay legal fees. The Democrats are bleeding Donald Trump dry with indictments. Now, you Republicans, you can say it's unfair, but it's the reality here. So as much as people don't like Joe Biden and his policies, and as much as black and Hispanic voters are turning off, uh, when you've got a Donald Trump uh, indicted in three or four places around the country, having to go to court instead of campaign, and his campaign has been bled dry by the lawyers to pay their bills, uh, it still puts the Republicans in a difficult footing if he's the nominee because he can't campaign and he's got to persuade more people to vote for him and he won't even be able to afford an ad campaign because of all the money going to the lawyers. He started with $105 million, He's down to $4 million. You can say it's part of the Democratic plan and all of that stuff, but you still do need money to campaign for president. That's about the only saving grace the Democrats have right now. Y'all, again, if you're a Democrat, if you're a partisan progressive listening to me right now, you need to understand that not the Republicans, the Democrats, you need to understand this, that Joe Biden and Donald Trump are tied in the New York Times-Siena poll. The most accurate polling firm of 2022 says they are tied. And they are tied because black and Hispanic voters in particular are moving to the GOP because they're tired of the Democratic economic policies and they're tired of the Democratic crime policies. And I genuinely, truly do suspect, based on the underlying data, they're also really tired of Democrats lecturing us all about white supremacy and white privilege while bending over backwards to prop up Hunter Biden and his dad. Democrats in 2022 hit on a campaign strategy where they were going to elevate pro-Trump candidates into the election because they knew they would be easy to beat. And it worked. Around the country, the Democrats helped Republicans nominate pro-Trump candidates who independent voters and 13% of Republicans said, I can't vote for this person in good conscience. And the Democrats won. And so they decided they were going to do it again in 2024. And the problem for the Democrats is this time, a lot of the voters are like, you know what? I don't like either of these guys, but at least when Donald Trump was president, the economy didn't suck. Oh, well, Democrats, lesson learned. Now, some of you need to learn the lesson of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. If the air is stinky in your house, it can clean it up. It's not just an air purifier, so it doesn't just get rid of the dust and the pollen and the mold floating in the air. It also eliminates odors. My friend Pam had a dead animal on the wall in her house, and it stunk. She used the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and it got rid of the odors. I myself have used it in rental cars that have been smelled, smelled like smoke or hotel rooms where someone had smoked in the hotel room or was old building, musty smell. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes out those odors. I've been in hotels that use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm to wipe out smoky odors. You can, too. You can get three of them for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at EdenPureDeals.com. You can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for the basement. Your car, your travel bag, I always keep one in my travel bag. You can hold it in your hand, you can plug it into the wall, or you can power it with a USB connection. It works great. Wipe it out odors. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. He'll do the research and give it to you straight. Eric Erickson is live every weekday.
Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text RECIPE to 33777 now. The start of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan nationwide. If you are responsible for the finances of business and you're looking for your business to grow, reach out to First Liberty and see if they can help you get access to capital where other lenders may be dragging their feet. They make their own lending decisions. They do deals $250,000 and more. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Well, um, I, I can I just, I, I want to speak about this at a more personal level. Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch have given up. The New York Post has this story that uh, Anheuser-Busch distributors say they're resigned to Bud Light losses and that Anheuser-Busch itself does not expect to bounce back uh, with Bud Light. Uh, They went woke and they've gone broke. And this is not the fault of the distributors. And I know some folks who own some of the distributors and the horror stories they have of how their uh, drivers have been treated and the people who stock the shelves have been treated by people who encountered them when they're, they're not responsible. A lot of people have lost their jobs, including at Anheuser-Busch, where people have been laid off, except the CEO has managed to keep his job. The two marketing gurus there lost their jobs, but the CEO who failed in his attempt to correct the matter with his non-apology apology um, I, I I wonder why that guy still has a job. A lot of people have lost jobs because of what this company did, and the CEO has not been held accountable. And I, I feel really bad for the distributors. Uh, Anheuser-Busch has been kind of the premier domestic beer brand, whether I drink it or not. And there are great distributors around this country who are small mom-and-pop-owned businesses who distribute the product on behalf of that company, and those businesses have been harmed significantly because of what Anheuser-Busch did. They went broke, and the fallout, or they went woke, and the fallout of broke has spread far beyond that company. And now Anheuser-Busch is apparently signaling that it's not bouncing back. I got to tell you, I, I, I go to a restaurant, and I love to go to this restaurant, and they, they only do craft beer. But they've always kept Bud Light because you always get someone in there who just wants a Bud Light. They don't even keep it anymore. They've switched to Miller Light, which is my preference anyway. Um, so I was happy. But, uh, I mean, they've, they've dropped it. They, they literally do not stock it anymore. I was on a golf course the other day that no longer has Bud Light uh, on tap or, or in cans, and they said nobody asks for it anymore. And I feel really bad for the small businesses that have been impacted by this because it's more than Anheuser-Busch. It's the distributors. Now, Anheuser-Busch has plenty of other brands they can pursue and promote. Uh, Mick Ultra is, is one of the more popular growing brands out there that's owned by Anheuser-Busch, so good for them. But um, it's a problem. But also, Michelob Ultra and Bush Light, both owned by Anheuser-Busch, have seen declining sales as well. The spill out of this, the lesson for corporations is don't go woke. Do not go woke. You will go broke. Target was impacted as well when it decided to do what it did for Pride Month. Uh, people have had enough of this garbage. And it's not just conservatives. If it was just conservatives, they don't have the clout to make this happen. Conservative activists, this is everyday Americans. Bud Light has turned into the butt of jokes. And it's a storied brand that is not coming back because they decided 
to celebrate a transgender influencer who's not a great person and their customers revolted. Know your customers, people. It's another lesson there. All right, we got to move on. We got lots of stuff when we come back, including the farmers striking back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.